around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. So glad to have you join us today on this week's podcast, and we look forward to just imparting, sharing, serving you with the Word of God and giving you information as well as insights into what the Spirit of God wants to do through His Word in the earth in your life. (laughs) It's always a, a hope and an expectation that Christians can just readily have on every 24-7, that God has something good for us. And if you'll pick up your Bible, if you'll spend time with the Holy Spirit, any time at all, it is amazing to me that we always get something good from the Lord. So the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever, even to all generations. That's the promise that God gives us. Well, we just want to remind you to always invite other folks to join us here on the podcast. Tell your friends and family. We get reports everywhere we go that people are listening to the podcast and that they wouldn't miss it for anything, and they just uh, expect to hear a new one every single week. And you can join us at terrymize.com and then also over on terrymizeministries.org. We have every podcast archive there for your convenience. And remember, you can communicate with us uh, through the website. You can uh, order products. You can become a partner there, uh, giving uh opportunities are there as well. And then just call our office and give us good testimonies. Uh, We hear about these wonderful things that are happening in people's life all the time. And it just is so encouraging to Terry and I, all of his products are there that you can take advantage of. And we just are sending out stuff all over the world. So uh, please communicate with us. Let us know what's going on. If we can pray for you and anything that you need, we're there to minister to you. So darling, here we are on Terry Mize podcast this week. And so just take it away and share with the folks out of your heart. And we're going to talk about some good things today. Yeah, well, praise the Lord. You know, we just got home yesterday or last night, actually, from a two-week uh, two week trip. That's we right. were out in uh, right. California ministering for good friends out there. And, and uh, then we were there for a week in their church, Mike and Beth Webb. Right. And then we went from there up to uh, Portland, Oregon. And uh, we're with Darren and Shelly Osborne and just got in last night. Actually, we went up there to do a marriage seminar. They invited us to do a marriage seminar. Right. And uh, so I took I took stacks of notes. You know, I, <laughs> as you know, I don't preach with notes right. uh, hardly at all unless I'm doing uh, a marriage seminar right. so, because there's so many sessions and so, so much detail to keep track of. And so I really do use notes whenever I'm ministering a marriage seminar. And then, so I just took a stack of notes, probably six, probably six to, six, eight six to eight inches, inches tall, tall notes. of notes. I knew I couldn't <laughs> use them all, but I just thought, well, I'll just, just sit here have and the information go over them and ready. see what I want to preach while I'm there, see, yes. see, see which areas I want to touch on, because there's never enough time. You know, I had no. somebody ask me one time years ago, they said, Brother Terry said, how, how many sessions would you really like to do in a marriage seminar? Would you feel like you could really say everything you wanted to say? And I said, oh, I know exactly how many sessions I need. I need 16. Uh, because I've broken it down into 16 sessions right. and things. I, I think in 16 sessions, I could get everything said uh, that needs to be said. So we went up there thinking we were just going to do a, a Friday night, a Saturday morning, then a Sunday morning, and a Sunday night. So just four sessions. So I knew taking eight inches worth of notes, uh, <laughs> you know, stack stack that high, right. I wouldn't get able to get into it. Then when we got there, they said, you know, we've been praying about it. We just want you to do an impact a weekend and, and, and ministry on faith or, you know, whatever. So we kind of switched horses in the middle of the stream. And I did one session on uh, marriage that so many people seemed to enjoy. Remember that one they lady came up it. and she was, yeah, she was our it. age or, or better. Right. 
And uh, she came up and said that she'd been married all these decades. And she said, I actually learned something. I am so excited. I learned something I'm going yes, to do I, for my husband. I think that was one of the most stellar compliments <clears throat> about the thing. We had young adults, people that were engaged, and then people that had been married for decades just saying how much it helped them. So um, it was helpful and, and the few things that you did get out. But it was a great session. It was wonderful. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And like I said, we just got back last night. And then we're leaving the day after tomorrow for uh, another Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> and then we'll be home two days from that and be gone another uh, couple of weeks to the South Pacific, to Samoa, right. and, and to uh, New, Zealand. New Zealand. So uh, it's fun to be home today. I mean, we're actually in the office with uh, professional equipment and, right. and the crew Not to, having to, uh, do it on an to, iPhone. to get this uh, to get this done. But but uh, I'm, I'm always excited to do the podcast. I, it's one of the things that I've been more excited about, I think, than it, yes, that's uh, right. uh, of anything in the United States, anything stateside for a long, long time, because right. uh, we're able just to grab our Bible and some coffee and, and talk about the Word of God, and, and it's free. And I just always think that's so good that people can just go to their computer, their, their phone, oh, or, or, or what tablet well, or whatever that's what else, the technology and get the Word of God free for, for nothing. Yeah, it should be for the preaching of the gospel and help people just have it at at their disposal, just the flip of a switch, just a click on their computer, and they can hear the Word of God. So it sort of leaves our generation without an excuse. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I gave away so much product while we were gone these two oh, weeks. My. You know, and I, Yes, we did. And I told the people there in, in Portland, I said, you know, if you if you see something back there and you can't afford it, just, just get it as our gift to you. And if you want to send the money later, great. If you don't, don't right. worry about it. And uh, because I just I just think and I know I've said this on the podcast before, so people may get tired of hearing it. But to me, it's just such a neat thing, because when you and Dean were young and struggling and trying to make the word right. work and trying to figure it out. And when Jackie and I were young and struggling and hungry and trying to figure out the word, make it work, we would we would uh, get everything we could to, to drive to a convention somewhere to hear Brother Hagen or to hear <laughs> Brother Osteen and, you know, or Brother Copeland and. And uh, then when we'd get there, we'd go look at those tape tables, those marvelous products and books and tapes. Mm. And, and uh, you know, we'd just drool over them, but we couldn't afford them. We couldn't get them because we didn't have the money. Well, I so, can remember. So I can I've remember. just given away so much of our stuff, you know. And, and uh, uh, I remember a few weeks ago we were preaching in Hawaii, and, and our, our staff had sent the books and tapes over, and it cost, right. them, cost $300 one way right. just to get the stuff there. That's right. And then I thought, well, you know what? It's going to cost $300 to get it back home, so let's just give it away. <laughs> let's just let's, it just, away. let's yeah. just bless people with it. But uh, but then that's why I think that the podcast is such a thrill to me right. to think that, dear Lord, back in those days, you know, back in the late 60s and early 70s, we were trying to get the word and we had little babies right. and, you know, and, and you guys were starting your church and Jackie and I were in Mexico as missionaries and we was just like, uh, if we could just get some word, you know, just no, just find right. some word. If, we, if, if we'd have been able to at that time just flip, turn on our phone or our computer or our tablets or whatever and get the word for free. Uh, no telling, no tell. We, we might've done some good for God. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. More That's than we right. did. Well, it, the, the thing that touches you and I both on all of this is the fact that it's such a joy to give away the word of God. It's such a joy to just be able to put it on out there on the airwaves. I think it's Isaiah 42 that says, Oh, you who bring good tidings to Israel, get up on the high places the high and places. declare it. And it's, and you can't get much higher than the airwaves no, to right. get out there and give the word of God away to people. And I think that's just that that's the thrill and the joy of the ministry is, is we can't see your face, but we know we have the opportunity to minister the word of God and give it away. And it's just as thrilling as 
sitting in a church and watching the lights come on somebody's face while we're teaching the Word of God, and then to know that we're just giving this away on the airwaves every single day that people want to just flip the switch. No, absolutely. That's completely true. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the services we just did uh, in, in California and in, in Oregon, and, and people came up and talked to us about healings they'd received, miracles they'd received. And uh, one lady there at uh, uh, in California came up to me after service. She didn't testify of it during the service, you know, so right. everybody could hear it and get the get the blessing of it. But she came to me, and, and she said, look, at, look, look what I can do, look what I can do. And, and uh, <laughs> she was an old, I don't know, middle-aged lady, and, and right. she uh, she started uh, doing her, her arm, her left arm, she started slinging it around, you know, all the way right, 180 right, degrees, right. like you were doing a backstroke. Swimming yeah, very or demonstrative action. And she said, uh, she said, she said, for years, I haven't been able to lift my, lift my hand any higher than my, than my chest. And she said, here, look, look at this. And she's just throwing it all the way up and all the way over. And, and she said, I'd had a big knot at the back of my uh, shoulder, at the back of my shoulder blade where I couldn't move. I just couldn't get that range of motion. I couldn't right. do it. And right. she said, now the knot's gone and I'm able to, to do all this stuff. And so, you know, I'm just glad God still does miracles today. You know, no, I've said for right. many years, Renee, that the only prerequisite for getting a miracle is needing one. And right. if you need one, then God's got one for you. And uh, it's an exciting thing, uh, I think, that we can go into a place and, and be able to to take God by one hand and take the people by the other hand and get them together. And an explosive miracle takes place right uh, right in the middle. No, and, that's right. And, and miracles are mir- miracles are still such a part of God today, and yet it's almost like the church has has done away with them, or forgotten about them, or right, say, "Well, right. you know, God, God used to do miracles." You, you know, the fundamentalist says that that God once did that Christ once did miracles, and the modernist says He never did, uh, but they both agree that He didn't do them today. And oh, and I'm con- I'm not only convinced, but we've demonstrated and proven. Over all these years, he does do them today. Thank God for for miracles. Well, and that uh, I was just going to remind you too of the lady up in Oregon that had had such crippling arthritis came up oh, after the goodness. service, and she was just bending all over and had braces and things like that. She was telling you all about that she couldn't even bend her oh, toes. Oh yeah, that her spine was fused, her spine so was she fused couldn't bend over and, from 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 one point of her body. You know, She'd have to bend like just the. Top part of her Top chest, part and of her chest, and she, and she was bending and here over she was the just waist. Bending over and... <laughs> well, you know the, the atmosphere. It <clears throat> makes such a difference where you go to church. Oh, if, absolutely. If you're not in a church that that boldly and and really um, unashamedly preaches the word of God, talks about miracles, teaches people how to expect them, lays hands on people to to believe they're going to get them, and then challenges you to do it yourself. No, absolutely. It, ch- it can save your life when no, you're in a church like that. No, in both of those like churches, that. you know, Pastor Mike Webb and Pastor Darren Osborne, both of those guys preach miracles, believe in miracles, right. have miracles in their church. Right. And uh, they're, uh, it was exciting to be to be with both of them. In fact, Darren just called me this morning. Ah. Uh, he doesn't know it, you know. He was working out at the gym and accidentally called me, so I got a call from him this morning. But, uh, no, but miracles, miracles is the principal thing. And uh, that's right. Uh, the the thing that separates Jesus in the gospel of Christianity, right, uh, from every other religion in the world, Renee, is miracles. No, it is. That's it's right. miracles. Exactly. And, you know, we, we've proved that and demonstrated and, 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 of course, known it all these many years. But when I went to the mission field as just a young man, that was the, that was the absolute difference 
and, and that was the proof of the pudding. It still is the proof right. of the pudding. Every religion has their holy book. Right. You know, we've got a nice black book, and uh, Islam has a nice black book, <laughs> right. and, uh, and my Bible has gold edges on it, or used to, about when we weren't it all off. And uh, their, their their holy book, their Quran has a n- nice gold edges to it, and I've mm-hmm. got little two little black ribbons to mark my spots in the Bible, and <laughs> they've got little ribbons to mark their spot in their in their holy book. Uh, and, and so the the only difference is is that God Jehovah God does right. miracles. Right. You know, my first day in the mission fields, I've told this before, so I won't go into much detail about it. But when I was 18 years old and I was in the jungles of Panama and I ended up having to stay in a town in a village for three nights, had to sleep in a village uh, and to waiting to hire a native, a, a, a tribesman right. that would uh, take us in a canoe seven hours up the river to get to where wow. we were supposed to go. Yeah. And we're just stuck there in this village until someone <laughs> shows up, we can hire to take us up river. My, and it my. ended up being three days. And, and uh, I was just sleeping in a, in a shed. There weren't any hotels in town. I mean, this is a village in the jungle. And so there's no, there's no place to stay. And so there was a shed next to a bar and, uh, it had a concrete floor or a cement floor and, uh, no walls at all. And then just a thatched roof. And then they had, they were using it as a storage room. So there was, you know, sacks of, of rice and, and, uh, you know, and then there were, you know, just, just supplies for the, for the, for the bar, no liquor. They didn't leave liquor outside, but they left the other stuff outside. And so I would just sleep every night with using a bag of rice for a pillow and sleep on that concrete. Yeah. And then, uh, and then while I was there, I guess the second day I woke up and I thought, you know, I'm a missionary. I mean, I, here I am in the jungles of Panama. I've, I've lived for this. God told me I'm a missionary since I'm 13 years old. And here I am you know, 18 and, and I'm in the jungles of Panama. I'm a, I'm a missionary. I may not know enough to come in out of the rain, you know, and green is a gourd. And, but, uh, but I am a missionary and I am here. So I ought to be doing something instead of just sleeping in this shed. And so, uh, I thought, well, I'll just go get some people saved, you know? And then I looked right there at the bar and I thought, well, if there's any good place for sinners, it's probably there in the bar. And so I walked in this bar, never had been in a bar in my life, except, <clears throat> except I had one job one time as a, as a delivery boy. So I had to deliver some, uh, uh, nuts and beer nuts and candy and that sort of thing to, to some bars in, in the Midland, Texas where I grew up. But, but anyway, I just walked in this bar and put my back up to the bar and started preaching. And, uh, there was a, there was not, maybe not 15, 20 people in the bar, probably 20, just sitting around at different tables, you know, two people or three people at a table, just guys sitting mm-hmm. around drinking and talking. And so I just started preaching. And uh, at the back of the bar on my left, on the left side, as I was facing the front door and, and preaching, were three guys uh, drinking together. And these guys were tough-looking guys. I mean, of, of all the guys in the bar, those are the guys you wouldn't want to get <laughs> mad at you, you know. Sure. And uh, as it turns out, those are the very guys that got mad at me. And so here I am with my back up to the bar, and I'm preaching. And, and so this guy yells at me from the back, and he says, Shut up! Don't talk about Jesus! You know, and he and uh, uh, I look back there, and this guy, this guy's got on a purple beret, and he's got on a, a fatigue shirt, a military shirt, an OD green military shirt with the sleeves cut out. He's got scars all over his arms, all over his face. He's got muscles on top of his muscles. My goodness! He's wearing uh, uh, fatigue pants, OD green military fatigue pants, uh, with a with a pistol. Uh, uh, 45 automatic on his hip and a machete on his hip. And he uh, was wearing combat boots with his pants bloused. 
And a lot of well, guys out there are, and girls will know what I'm talking about when I say their pants are blouse, but I can't explain it here on the podcast. But anyway, uh, and this guy is the guy that decided he didn't want me to talk. And so uh, I just kept on preaching, you know, and, and he, he slammed his hand down on the desk and said, I said, shut up. I don't want to hear about Jesus. And uh, I just kept on preaching. And then in a little bit, he yelled at me again. And he said, he said, uh, I'm a Muslim. And he said, Allah is God and Muhammad is prophet. And I don't want to hear about Jesus. I told you to shut up. And everybody in the bar is pretty much grinning, thinking this is going to be really good. This is going to be funny. This kid's going to get whipped. Yeah, he's a pretty fearsome, intimidating And so I just kept on preaching. And uh, so he made this big to-do, this big demonstration of getting up from the table. He slammed both hands down, palms down on the table, slammed them down hard, pushed back away from the table, which made the the chair screech against the concrete floor, and, uh, and, and stood up. And so when he did that, both of his buddies did the same thing. They both made the same wow. dis- display and both stood up. <laughs> and so they walked up to where I, mm. I was, the three of them coming up there. And I mean, the whole bar's just stopped. Everybody's just sitting there watching and grinning, you know. And uh, and so when he got right up to me, uh, I said to everybody, I said, everybody look up here, everybody pay attention. Of course, they were already looking up here. And I said, uh, everybody listen to me. I said, this gentleman and his friends say that Allah is God and that Mohammed is prophet. And I said, I say that Jehovah is God and Jesus is the son of God. And I said, we're going to prove it right now. And I said, and, and uh, if, if this gentleman proves to me that that Allah is God and Muhammad is prophet, I said, I'll deny Jesus right here today in this bar. I'll, I'll deny Christianity and I'll, I'll, I'll become Muslim. I'll accept Islam and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll become Muslim. And I said, but if not, then this man and his two friends are going to deny Muhammad and Allah, and they're going to accept Jesus. And this guy said, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, oh, it's real simple. I said, uh, Jesus is the only God that's alive, and Jesus is the only God that does miracles. Right. And I right. said, so here's what I want to happen. Everybody in this bar, I want you to go out in this village and get sick people. And I said, I don't mean with headaches and stomach aches. I mean, I want you to go get blind people and deaf people and cripple people. And I said, I'm sure there's somebody here that's demon possessed that eats out of the garbage and, and causes everybody problems all the time. I said, I want you to bring them here to the bar. And I said, and then this man and his three friends are going to pray for him. They can have all the time they want. I'll just wait. Mm-hmm. And they can call on Allah. They can call on Mohammed and they can pray and they can cry and they can do anything they want to do. And I said, and if Mohammed heals them, sets these people free, I said, then I'll just gladly renounce Jesus and I'll serve Mohammed. And I said, but that's not going to happen because Mohammed can't heal. <laughs> and right. I said, Mohammed's dead. And said, Jesus died, but he rose again. He's alive today. Mohammed died, but he's still dead. Right. And I said, he can't heal. And you, you were preaching all that in Spanish. Yeah, it's all in Spanish. All in Spanish. It's all in Spanish. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My Spanish wasn't great, but I'd had five years in school. So I right. had a, I had a working knowledge. Plus I had, you know, practiced sermon phrases sure. and in church phrases and I'd, I'd practice sitting in church, you know, whenever the pastor was preaching, you know, and work on translating stuff into Spanish and had a Spanish Bible and all that kind of stuff. So I had, I had fair, I had, right. I had, I had, I had right. fair Spanish skills. In fact, I think my Spanish skills are better then than they are now because now it's been 40 years, you know, since I've, well, 50 years next year, right. 50 years uh, that next was 1968. Year. Right. So 50 years next year, uh, I haven't uh, used my Spanish all that much, but I, I could, back in those days I could preach in Spanish. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, anyway, I said, you know, whenever they don't get healed, I said, then I'm going to pray for the people in the name of Jesus and Jesus will heal them. And I said, and then when Jesus heals them, I expect not only this man and his two friends, but everybody else here in this bar to accept Jesus and to, uh, to, uh, uh 
become a Christian. Well, that was just a total standoff for a few minutes. And then the guy just said, oh, never mind, shut up, you know, forget it, leave it alone. And him and his buddies went back to the table and sat down, and I finished preaching. So I'm sorry <laughs> they didn't go out and do it. I'm sorry right, we didn't right. have a have a Holy Ghost, uh, you know, gunfight right, right there in the bar. <laughs> well, you know, brother. <clears throat> but you know, Ocean, Renee, that was my first day in the mission sure. fields. Right. When that's your first day, the rest of the days don't make a whole lot of difference, you know. No, that's but right. But my point is that miracles were the difference in that situation. That's right. And miracles didn't even happen. They didn't put it to the test because they knew that they knew that they knew it wouldn't work, that they could call on Muhammad all day long and it's not going to work. Well, and miracles heard. are the difference between the gospel of Jesus Christ, between Jehovah God right. and all the other religions of the world. That is the difference. Well, we've heard men of God like, you know, Brother John Osteen and Kenneth Hagin, um, Brother Summerall, different ones always talk about how that really miracles are the dinner bell to the gospel. And the more you... Yeah, F.F. Bosworth said that in 1950, the year I was born. Right. Yeah, the, the more we have miracles and the more we believe for miracles and then tell people they're possible, mm -hmm. the more it opens the door for heart, faith, and, and hope no, that, absolutely. that God will change absolutely. their circumstances. And when people actually believe that and then, and then believe the man of God or believe the word of God, believe the preached word, then God never fails to show up and do signs and wonders. No, absolutely. It's like in my crusades overseas, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll pray for the sick right. and have miracles. Right. You know, Lynn's sitting here with us today, and he's been on so many of those crusades and, 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 and has seen this work just out, out, out loud in person. And uh, a lot of times I'll pray for the sick before I ever pray for salvation. Right. And lots of people say, oh, no, you can't do that. You've got to get saved first and then, and then do miracles. I say, no, 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 no. The, 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 the miracles will create a capacity for faith. And, uh, you know, the faith comes by hearing the word. But right. faith also comes whenever they see miracles happen. You know, it creates a capacity that, dear God, that, that guy was blind and now he sees. That guy was crippled and now he's walking. That guy was deaf and now, now he hears. That's right. And That's so right. those, those, those monster crusades and monster miracles. Uh, inside those crusades causes, in fact, it'll cause the crowd to double sometimes every night. No, that's right. You know what we've done so many times in crusades, and I know I'm watching my time here. We're already 21 minutes into this thing, but uh, uh, so many times over the years, we'd uh, do a crusade at night, and then I'd go to the radio station the next morning and buy time, and I'd just play some recordings of the night before. Oh, that's And I'd good. say, now listen to this. This person was deaf. Now listen to them. Listen to the, this person was blind. Now listen to them. This person couldn't speak. Now listen to what they're saying. And, and just play it live. I mean, I mean, less than 24 hours fresh. Right. And then that night, the crusade crowd, you know, double. And, uh, and so the miracles, as Bosworth said, and as all our great fathers in the faith have said, you know, miracles are the dinner bell to the world. But you know what? Sometimes in the church today, uh, ministers really push miracles away. They really don't want to talk about them, don't want to think about them, don't right. want the people thinking about them because they haven't been producing them or it hasn't been happening in their ministry or their church. And so uh, they just kind of say, well, let's leave that alone because that, that makes me look bad. You know, you know, Jesus made everybody look bad. You know, Jesus exposed those people That's in right. the Bible for the pygmies that they were. Right. You know, and they would they would come and, and, and try to get him to do something or try to get on to him religiously uh, over something he had done or his disciples had done. And he'd just turn right around and do a miracle, you know, just right in their face and say, well, what are you going to do with this? He said, I, I'm anointed. The, the Holy Ghost has anointed me to heal the sick. That's right. You know, and then he told his disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. So miracles really are the dinner bell 
uh, of, of the world. Well, in Jesus' ministry, the contrast was him going out and and teaching, but it was the raising the dead, the working of miracles, healing the sick, casting out devils, all of those things that, that was a marked difference between Pharisees that just stood in a synagogue and well, talked sure. for an hour. Right. And that's the big difference today. With It's just so easy for a pastor to go in and have three songs, you know, make announcements, and then teach for 35, yeah, three 40 minutes. Three fast songs, three slow songs, you know, make and, some announcements. And take pray a prayer at the end, and, and, it, and that's our service. But it doesn't do anything to invite or invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is always there to create what the Word of God promises. Oh, absolutely. And it just makes such a difference when you have a leadership that is expecting miracles. They come to that platform expecting to see a move of God. They're expecting things to be taken out of their hands and put over into the hands of God. They're expecting, they're, they're hoping they lose control <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. of the service by the miracles. You did such a good job t- teaching up there um, while we were on the West Coast out of Romans 10 about how just close out the program today and just say something about that because it was all about you know that that the word of faith is what we believe in our heart and confess in our mouth and that you pointed out that Romans chapter 10 is really a missionary chapter as the whole word of God Absolutely. is it's and that if you don't book. have if if People aren't going to hear, they're, thus they're not going to expect, thus they're not going to believe unless somebody goes and tells them, unless somebody preaches the word, unless somebody's sent. And it was just so wonderful to know that that applies straight across the board, not only in soul winning and in heart faith, but in expecting the miracle power of God. So then faith comes by hearing. <laughs> and people have to hear that from the pulpit or or hear it on the airwaves or, or see a miracle done to have any kind of hope and expectation that God would do that for them. No, of course. And of course, you've answered your own question. But uh, um, Romans chapter 10 What it's about is that Paul, the Apostle Paul, wants Israel to be saved. He doesn't want Israel to go to hell. He doesn't want them to die and go to hell. He wants them to be saved. And so he he tells them how to get saved. And then he tells them how to get everybody else saved, how to get the heathen saved. Now, now the Bible, as you said, is a missionary book, and these scriptures are all missionary scriptures, and yet the church has taken them so out of context over the centuries, and it's even okay. It's okay to take scriptures out of context and apply it to your situation. It's kind of like years ago, we had friends up in Kansas. Well, we still do the same friends and farmers in Kansas that are partners of the ministry. But, but, but years ago I would tell them, I'd say, you know, you guys are farmers, uh, you've just got scriptures in the Bible that are about farming. <laughs> you, you don't have to. You don't have to pull the scriptures out of context like the rest of us do. You know, if you're a mechanic or if you're a, uh, you know, if, if you, you you're, you're a CEO or you are you you're, you're a secretary or you're a businesswoman or a businessman. You know, you go you go grab these scriptures and pull them out of context to make them work in your situation. And I told those farmers, I said, you don't even have to do that. They're about farming. You right. got scriptures in here about rain, about crops, <laughs> about cattle. You know, about right, sheep. Right. You know, about all this stuff. And, and it's the same way with uh, with Romans ten. Uh, Paul brought this to about salvation, and yet we take it and pull it out of context and put it on 
uh, blessing us like Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That is particularly Paul's talking about getting people saved. That right. when the sinner hears the word of God, faith comes and they get saved. That's what it's about. And yet we, it's a it's a spiritual law that we pull out of context and say, right. uh, well, I need a new car, so I'm believing God for a new car. I'm believing God for a job, or I'm believing God for a house, or I'm believing God for healing, or I'm believing God for my children, or my wife, or my husband. And so we pull it out of context and say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And yet in context, it's a missionary verse in a missionary chapter. Paul is talking specifically and particularly right. about getting the law saved. And he starts off over in Romans uh, 10, 8 and says, but the righteousness, which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not to your heart who shall ascend into heaven or bring Christ down from above. And he says, so what, what saith it then verse, verse, uh, uh, verse eight, what, what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith, which we preach. Right. And then he gives us a, a spiritual law and said, so if we confess or say or declare, so if we, so if we can confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, uh, and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Then he gives us another spiritual law in verse 10 that says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But then, Renee, he asks four amen, very amen. pointed, pointed questions. He makes, a, he, he makes a declarative statement and says, All the heathen have to do to be saved is call on the name of the Lord. That's in verse. That, that's in verse thirteen. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's just a declaration, well. a declarative <laughs> statement, a positive law of God that says, "Whoever in the world, out of seven billion that's people right. in the world, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." That just but echoes asked, through time. <laughs> but then he asked four very pointed questions, and he said, "But." How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Right. Question one. Right. And how can they believe on someone in whom they've not heard? Question two. And how can they hear without a preacher? Question three. And how can they preach unless they be sent? Question four. So he's talking about missions. He's saying, hey, right. the church needs to send the missionary to preach. The missionary needs to preach. Then the people can hear, and then the people can believe, and then the people can call, and then the people well, can get saved. It's just a, it's a, it's a formula of God. Well, it is. But and then it's he ends so it all simple. up by saying it's in verse wonderful. 17, so then we understand Stand. that faith, faith comes, comes by, by hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God. But he's talking particularly about salvation there and about getting saved. Although, again, we can use that in other areas and use it to bless us and use it in, 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 in things that we're believing God for because it's a spiritual law. Let me say this before we close. Yes. Terry Mize's definition, so everybody will understand when they hear me talk. I don't know what somebody else's definition is, but Terry Mize's definition of a spiritual law is a, a word from God, a word in the Bible that can stand alone and it will work on anything and everything. In other words, most scriptures in the Bible cannot stand alone. You, have, you read a scripture in the Bible, you need, to, you need to look at the scripture above it to see what it's talking about. Look at the scripture below it and see what's going on. Look and see who was talking, because sometimes scriptures in the Bible uh, are, are, are there, but they were spoken by bad guys. No, that's sometimes right. Pharaoh was talking, or Caesar's right. talking, or the governor's sure. talking, or Pontius Pilate's talking, or mm -hmm. the devil's even talking. You know, there's scripture in the Bible that's just the devil's talking. And so you have to see who's talking, and then you have to see who are they talking to. Are they talking to Christians or sinners? Then you have to look and see, is it New Testament or Old Testament? Because that could change things uh, because you've switched covenants here. But a spiritual law, you don't have to do any of that. A spiritual law is just a thing God has said that stands all by itself, and it'll work anytime, anywhere, for anybody. It always works. It's like the law of gravity or any other law. It's just a law in right. the universe that God created that works, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's like John three sixteen. Jesus said, 
did for God so loved the world <laughs> that right. he gave his only begotten son that's right. and whosoever that's right. believeth in him should not, should not, should not perish, but they, but they have everlasting life, have eternal life. That's a spiritual law too. And there's just several places in the Bible that are spiritual laws, but there's very few of them. Most scriptures need, need help. You know, like one scripture says, Judas took a rope and hanged himself. Another scripture says, go ye and do likewise. Well, you know, that, that would get you in trouble if you didn't look <laughs> at it in the context. But but a spiritual Obviously, law is a law yes. that can stand all by itself, and uh, people can take it and use it. And Paul's talking here in Romans 10, uh, verse 17, well, the whole chapter about missions and about soul winning and about saving souls and rescuing people from hell and bringing people to Jesus. But yet... Um, uh, it, it's a spiritual law that you can use in other things as well. Boy, that's right. That's exactly right. And I hope everybody today was able to take these things and begin to plow through the good ground of your heart and just begin to believe God more and more and more for miracles and pray that other Christians around you begin to expect the Lord. You know, God's just waiting for us. That Bible says his eyes run to and fro over the whole earth, just looking for an opportunity. He wants to do miracles. He wants to reveal his power to the earth, and he wants to do it so that you can use it as a calling card to get other people into the kingdom of God, because our Heavenly Father wants a big family. I've always (laughs) told the Lord concerning that scripture, I said, just look no further. If you're looking all over the world trying right, to find somebody right. you yeah. can bless, here, here I am. I. <laughs> here, here, here am I. Just, That's I'm, right. I'm, right, I'm available. I, I'm just going to tell you here real quickly, t- as a spiritual exercise to help you get revelation and insight of this, why don't you take your Bible and start with about as, where Terry did in verse 6 and read verse 6 and then go read verse 17. Then read verse 7 and then go back and read verse 17 with it. Then read verse 8 and go back and read verse 17. If you go back and forth with that, it seems like to me you're going to get more and more revelation why faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And it doesn't matter if you say it out loud and you preach it to yourself or if you're hearing it on a CD or if you're listening to a minister preach it. If you'll begin to do that spiritual exercise, I think the revelation of faith comes by hearing, expecting miracles, seeing that the world needs to have ministers go and preach the gospel around the world. And you'll begin to get a bigger revelation of that because, boy, like Terry said, this is an absolute law of how God's going to do things in the earth. Amen. And he wants these, these, these words just echo through the, the course of time. Uh, for generation after generation, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be That's saved. Exactly right. And that just, it'd be like saying that across the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and pray with us as we go. You know, we're gone all the time. We're right. in foreign countries at least six times a year, sometimes more, and uh, doing missions. And, and just pray with us that we'll just reap the harvest, that we'll have sheaves to lay at the master's feet. That my, we're, my. We're, yes. yeah, you partner with us here in the ministry, that we go together, that we, we together can uh, join our faith and and uh, join us in prayer and join us in finances and let's get this thing done so that so that those heathen can call on the name no, of the Lord and right. they can that's be right. saved. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to have to leave you for today, but you can always find us at terrymize.com. Again, our website is open and available to you at terrymizeministries.org to order any further products. Send us your testimonies. Uh, we just look forward so much to being with you every week. And we believe that as we speak the word of God, 
that you are able to latch on with your faith, and then that'll cause you to have the miracles that you're believing for in your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm and, not through with miracles. I think next week we need to tackle this yeah, again. Yeah, we'll do this again because there's so much, and Jesus sure wants to do it in these last days to bring in a big harvest of souls into the kingdom of God. And if people realize there's a God that'll do miracles, they'll let everything else in life go. Absolutely. Amen. Well, God bless you all, and we look forward to hearing, seeing and being with you next week. Bye-bye. TerryMize.com, that's where we're at. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at TerryMize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at TerryMize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.